0: Hey, welcome leo king how are you today i'm fantastic thanks yeah. for inviting me how are you doing? i'm doing great loving finally getting some nice weather so and i'm super glad you can make it because this is like obviously what i want to talk to you about we got leo king here husband father of two carter madison uh president of wmbf yep. uh gym owner multiple gym owner entrepreneur uh competitor bodybuilder competitor Powerlifter, competitor, coach—what don't you do?
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, sometimes I—I I have to pinch myself. Sometimes, right? And and when you actually list it like that, it sounds like a lot, but when you're kind of in it, it's like hey, you're just doing, just living life, right? So,
0: say it's pretty like. Would you say you have like a pretty good routine? Your routine based, or is it kind of like all over the place?
1: Yeah, you definitely, uh, I definitely have a good routine for sure, yeah. and and you you definitely prioritize certain things at certain times, and and that will change. Um, but yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I just do all the things that I want to do and the things that I enjoy doing, right? So, uh, what time do you get up in the morning? Yeah, uh, usually around five thirty. Yeah, that's it. you have to because yeah. sometimes the kids force that as well. But I uh, yeah, um, you usually get up a little early if I can, then do a touch a little bit of uh, some work and such like that, and and then then it seems to set the day up. For what needs to get done, right? So okay, yeah. So how old are uh, Carter and Madison? So three and a half. Is Carter and eighteen months, Madison. So about two years apart. Jeez. Yeah. Applies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Madison's running around. As I was gonna say, she's growing quick. It's yes. Yeah. So yeah, you just you eyes on them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 we have them, yeah, and kind of they're with us, they go to daycare. They have daycare or? in the yeah. Daycare okay. Daycare okay. Allows us time to to be able to do yeah else, right? So, yeah. yeah.
0: So because Charlotte was an accountant before.
1: So she was a logistics coordinator. So oh, she was in oil and gas. Uh, so, yeah, she scheduled rail cars all over North okay. America. And uh, she'd been doing that since graduating the university in t- 2012. She so worked for Husky Energy, worked for uh subsidiary of Parkland. Uh, and, um, yeah, so she finally just resigned like two weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought she would resign a long time ago. Oh, before. yeah, so we, the maternity leaves. You can kind of uh, feel like you're I'll but Yeah, I mean, that's four years of maternity leave. Really nice. Yeah yeah because i thought um right after you had carter i thought she was gonna resign or whatever but no this I'm turning to leave uh thank thank you for government benefits <laughs> There, in the, yeah. uh, but now was the appropriate time for her not to go back in and yeah uh, i feel like we kind of set ourselves up to be able for her to pull back uh mm-hmm. financially wise uh pull back off from work and be able to you know do the things that she actually wants to to do right like uh you know, she's an entrepreneur at her. Her dad was an entrepreneur. Okay. So uh, following in the family footsteps, and she, she, uh, yeah, we do most things together. So. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, is she going to be running some of the stuff there with more time? Yeah, so uh, our downtown uh, gym club, Fifth Avenue Club, yeah. she's going to be uh, mostly down there with the okay. team and the staff and uh, building that up. Okay. Um, that's a kind of a priority for us right now. Nice. Yeah. So who's down there right now? Because is Rod down there? Yeah, so our business partner Rod, he's uh, down there that we with his clients and such like that, and he's uh, got some of his things that's going on. And then Charlotte, my wife, and then we have a staff of I think seven employees. Oh, really? Yeah, and then uh, myself as well, but I'm also on the just you know in for meetings and just kind of uh, you know guidance and vision and, and such like that. Oh, okay, yeah, Most of my other time is obviously based at Kings. Yeah, okay, I was just, yeah, because I see because I
0: haven't seen Rod. Yeah, I don't since, know. Last since time since I was seen last year yeah he doesn't come in there at all but I wasn't sure because I know he did mention at one point that he was in BC or something like that so I wasn't sure if that's where he still was and just wasn't coming into Kings but then I I think I saw like on Instagram he posted at the Fifth Avenue Club yeah. and we go okay must be full time there because that's a big
1: area is it not but it's a big space yeah so uh, it's, I, some, 50, it's about fifteen thousand square feet but okay. you know uh he's got gym floor we got a studio we got two well Two squash courts, one's converted now into martial arts Uh no studio. we got sauna, steam room, Yeah, you know, just the, oh, uh, no. an actual club, right? Yeah. So there was a different, different clientele base. Right? Yeah. Fair. Corporate uh, executives and such. Like that. Cause he said
0: downtown, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting those people. Yeah. You yeah. kind of like a weird fit with all the power lifters in there. <laughs> totally.
1: Right? So we're trying to bring a little bit more of a strength training environment, you know, turf, sli- uh, sled turf and, um, into the fifth avenue. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're kind of just bring the the training up to you know what people want to use now Mm -hmm. less cardio so shifting some of that away and and uh you know in you know putting it in a place where you know where people are actually going to get more results to be a bit more of a results driven gym for sure
0: yeah Yeah. because they were there was quite a few cardio equipment in there wasn't there about half the gym yeah (laughs) 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 i mean that kind of makes sense for a downtown gym but no that's great though that you're getting in there and kind of like changing that perspective for people and I think too, like with, with all the research out there and everything, people are starting to realize like, oh, maybe I should kind of like, you know, even it out and do a little bit less cardio and maybe some more resistance training. And so it's like a perfect time to kind of be pushing that
1: exactly. perspective change. And that's educating, really right. And uh, yeah. speaking to people and stuff like that and get them interested in their inquiring about such and it's like, oh, maybe I can do that. And stuff like that. I think that's maybe a, there was a little bit of a uh, being like a little bit of being afraid before right it's like yeah. that looks daunting right and and but then when more people are doing it and the, the trainers are showing people and such like mm-hmm. that it's uh then people get uh again they're inquiring and they're open-minded and then it's like okay and now it's like oh what are the benefits from strength training you know you can really go down that rabbit hole right so, yeah that's yeah.
0: that's awesome actually so because at kings here you have like uh like you can't the trainers contract out i mm-hmm. guess we could call it Yeah does fifth avenue do the same or are they employed
1: through you yeah so everyone's an employee so yeah, okay. full staff system so uh trainers um we have a massage therapist uh then we have front desk staff and and all the above Yeah, okay. yeah so a little different setup and that was one of our big decisions it's like hey are we moving more to this model or that model mm-hmm. um but it's again it's a different environment different people it's a totally different structure and, and such and that it's like uh and the the system works so it's uh more about just fine tuning at that point uh versus kings for me it was set up for totally different reasons why i bought yeah. contractors and stuff like that especially in the early days where i had like well that was that i've been the only employee and then so yeah. bringing in people from a contractor base just made sense uh where they can just rent space as opposed to having like you know paying uh uh, EI and CPP and you know yeah. e, uh you know all that sort of sort of yeah job their own business they can just exactly right so and I think the benefits is then back in the trainers pockets as well where they can again you know, build up their own business and and create the freedom and the style that they want to live mm-hmm. right Uh whether they want to do uh whether they're just training at Kings and they can do some things else time or you know they can set up things like podcasts and <laughs> <you know>, stuff <laughs> like that right like yeah. and, and really create the the life that they want to live as opposed to you know someone else's idea of vision, right? So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think and it's, I always tell us people, cause I think it's a lot of people like that sounds like a really good career choice, like the way you just explained it, but then I think when people get into it, it actually can be quite difficult to like obtain clientele, you know, and, and especially at a place like King's cause most people are already there with a trainer, right. Or you have the power lifters and such. And so I think it'd be more difficult to build up that business. Whereas when you look at something like fifth avenue right? You're getting more foot traffic of different people, diversity, and then their potential to, you know, build a bigger clientele is
1: there. So it's like just a matter of like, you know, the pros and cons. And you see a lot of people, they actually do start in a, a good life, mm-hmm. or a gym movement, a world health, sort of the bigger, more established gyms, but just the, you know, they're working for very little money. And if you get some good trainers and the ones that actually stick it through, they're the ones that then leave and go on to do their own thing. They've they've established themselves, they've got a, a decent clientele base and, mm-hmm. and such like that. And then they can actually sort of build their uh, own business, right? So it does it does take time, right? No one's, you know, doing a certification and then they've got a full client loan or they have to market themselves. They have to learn all these sort of these business yeah. avenues. But then if they want a place to kind of uh, be around people who are doing it and have done it, then Kings is kind of that place, right? Where mm-hmm. people are usually super super open to talking about you know how how to be successful and how they've done it and stuff like that and uh, again people will build their own sort of uh um style and stuff off of something yeah. they, they know in their own experiences but using a little guidance as well yeah and i think too the fact that you offer
0: like the paid per session right. you know especially for someone such as myself yeah. because like personal like, like one or two clients now because that's not like you talked about creating your own thing like i'm all online right mm-hmm. and so but i i do enjoy the clients that i have kind of thing but without someone such as yourself giving me this opportunity, I wouldn't be able to do that because I would be losing
1: a ton of money paying a monthly rent at some place yeah. at some other gym. So kind of like that, we all of our style is no minimums, no contracts. Yeah. like It's kind of like, you know, if you want to have, you've got your one client that you just want to train once a week, mm-hmm. perfect. Because you know what? It's still providing a service to yourself or mm-hmm. and all the clients and such like that, rather yeah. than being like, I need to hit this five hundred dollar a month or a thousand dollar a month threshold it just doesn't make sense right again uh yeah so yeah well
0: and like the morale around there is so good too and like you know i so i used to work for good life fitness right and so like i understand like kind of what you were mentioning about getting in there because yes it does help you build a clientele you gain a lot of experience but then you also experience what those big corporations are about and that's ultimately why i left was just because I understand you're a business, you need to make money, but at least pretend you care <laughs> and they wouldn't right, even right, do right. that. <laughs> right. And so like, that is ultimately why I laughed. Cause I was just like, I just can't deal with this. Like some packages, training packages, there were over 10,000 plus dollars a year, and then the trainer's getting what, a small percentage right. of them. Right right, like, yeah. Just, uh-huh. So yeah. it was kind of just like, and then. All they did was push, push, push like sales. Once again, I understand your business, but like meet in the middle somewhere, like encourage these people to be better, continued education, gain experience, not just your education you're pushing is sales, you know, like,
1: cause that's, yes, that is part of personal training, but it's not all personal training. I think if you're, you know, you try and if I, in my general philosophy is, you know, take the value approach, right? If you're offering someone value. Mm-hmm. the sales will come naturally right kind versus of versus being on that side of it where it is again it's very pushy very salesy and that's why i've kind of taking a stance back here if people want to come and train at kinks they want to they will come and train at Kings, right yeah they don't want to train at Kings, absolutely that's no hard, not no skin off my back sort of thing right yeah absolutely and then again it creates that culture and that environment that mm-hmm. people want. think again, i think that's kind of a uh positive feedback loop where you know what's yeah. going to attract more people and i got to create a better environment and kind of go from there so
0: Yeah, and let's not forget, like, even just the equipment alone, like, you know, especially for someone like me who is, like, really big into that kind of stuff and, like, the whole, you know, nerding out on resistance profiles and and engineering and whatnot. Like, there's not – I'm sure most people don't understand what the prime fitness equipment is, but I don't think there's another gym in Calgary that has those. And if they do, it's, like, one
1: piece. I like Like, to be unique in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's my – that's what I enjoy, right? it's yeah. like Christmas to me. I'm like, I like going. Yeah. I like going to different gyms. I like seeing what the environments about, but I like going and trying these different pieces of equipment. So mm-hmm. you won't just, you won't even just see kings, right? You'll see, yeah. but then there's some arsenal, there's some old cybex, there's some, uh, you know, even hammer strength. Everything mm-hmm. has a place, and it's uh, everything has a different feel. So it's just finding, you know, I'm a little like a uh, little bias or a little uh, selfish in a way, right? I'm like, I, I want to see the pieces that I like to train with. Yeah, but at the same time, that's usually what. You know, others uh, want exactly, right, so. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's like, you get people coming in there and it's like, candy land for some people, yeah. especially if it's somebody who has like been going to the same gym for a while, you know, like you got like fit for less with such minimal equipment, right. You know, spend a couple extra bucks, come to King's fitness. And then they're walking around they're like, whoa. And they're just trying out every single piece of the machine. Cause it's all new to them. And that's exciting for some people. Right. I think most people that's exciting for. And so that diversity of equipment, I think is really beneficial. Um, but also too, just like, uh, I call it, like I was talking about this with Matthew, like the communities within Kings. Right. But the thing is, is, you know, you think back to high school, you had your groups and if you weren't <laughs> part of that group, you were rejected, but it's l- like different at Kings, yeah. you know, like you got the power over here, you got the bodybuilders over here, you got, you know, however you want to call it, just general people general. Yeah, really cool. but everybody can mesh good together. Everybody
1: gets along really, really well, really cool. you know, that's where super like, a they're just interested right it's like oh my god like what are they lifting and stuff like that and then you even you have like 65 year old females that are like that's amazing <laughs> yeah just like super just like genuinely interested in that yep. and they just you know asking questions and, and such like so that again just adds to that environment mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: well and it's like yeah you like you go to something like a good life fitness or a gold's gym it's separated mm-hmm. right like you know if you're a powerlifter, and you ask a bodybuilder to use a piece of equipment you're getting shunned and everything yeah. or vice versa kind of deal so it's yeah, it's a very good, warm, welcoming environment. And so it's like, I always tell people when they ask, like, What gym should I go to? I'm just like, always Kings, right? Like, and because, and as I always think too, it's like, well, I'm not there a lot. So if you take a bunch of space, it's okay. <laughs> but I always just say, like, I understand, yeah, Kings doesn't offer <clears throat> the saunas and all that kind of stuff or whatever, right? Um, but, you know, there's other means of that. Wearing out yeah, the yeah. pros and cons, and I just think when for the accessibility of equipment and for the welcoming feeling, and just yeah, like anybody could stop you as you're walking by and be like, "Hey, Leo, how do I use this machine?" And and yeah,
1: yeah. So and it's wonderful. any of the yeah. other trainers are yeah. super friendly. Um, and again, I'm not trying to compete with the the YMCA's and the good lives that have the, you know, the hot tubs and the steam rooms and yeah. the saunas and stuff like that. It's like no, we're come people are coming for a purpose, usually, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. our own environment. And uh, so again, I'm just. Yeah, just remove the competition in my own, uh, in my own way, right? Yeah, that's so, not sure on you, but sure, you know there are some big exciting things coming in the future here. So I don't know if you want to kind of go down that.
0: I do. I actually, yeah. what I wanted to start with though, yeah. how did it start? Where did it all start? Let's let's go back to the beginning. And how deep. How how far? <laughs> well, because I met you. What year was that? We were you in the small 2017. Was it 2017? Yeah, because yeah. we were in the smaller
1: one, but you had another one before yeah, that. Yeah. So I mean, I uh, I mean i've always i've always been a gym rat so i started lifting at i mean really i think i had dumbbells at 12 years old sort of idea right and then i started actually a little bit of training at 14 and then in the gym from yeah in the gym from 14 so i mean the ton of like that's i've always had a passion for the gym and lifting and and then helping people out and stuff like that so um came to canada i i went to did kinesiology as my sort of uh my background there and when i graduated i got into like the corporate uh, wellness and and fitness side of things. So I was working in corporate gym, just like a, we just acquired, as well. So it's funny how things have come full circle. Yeah. But after about two years, it was like okay, I've always wanted to do my own thing. I was online coaching at that time and had having pretty good success there with uh, physique transformations. More specifically, at the time, competitive bikini athletes, bodybuilders, and such like that. Um, but there was always a load on my shoulders with the with the job and and such. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to create my own space. And I with having that side income, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go two foot in and I'm gonna uh, open up my own space. So in October, 2015, CrossFit gym had closed down and I just kind of kind of took it over. Uh, it was bare bones. Uh, we had to get in the equipment and stuff like that. But again, generally my philosophy has been start small, start slow, and just kind of build up, right? And just kind of reinvest and kind of obtain equipment over time, upgrade equipment over time. So yeah, that was in 2015. We moved to the slightly bigger space in 2016. Uh, I think we met in 2017, but <laughs> we were there for two years. I'd upgrown the space again and then in 20 with uh so fall of 2018 we, we, is that when it was? yeah it's been five years uh, yeah yeah it five, really is yeah, well wow. yeah. <laughs> so, and and everything's just been the same philosophy uh, just slow growth. Yeah, will just kind of reinvest when yeah. when needing to, and uh, just kind of snowball the the whole momentum, right? So. Well, I feel yeah. like when you hit the big gym, it wasn't slow growth anymore. It, it kind of uh, it kind of took it, that a little it, bit of that like, acceleration. Like... <laughs> yeah, I think COVID actually kind of helped us out in the the long run. I think it was a good time for people to kind of cancel gym memberships and contracts and come to a place where they were again they wanted a place in the community to kind of fit yeah. as, as a lot of that had been taken away. Right. So that actually, ex- that was our biggest acceleration was we had doubled our memberships from yeah, March of 2020 to uh, June of, or a year later or whenever of 2021. Yeah. Wow. Doubled it. And we'd yeah. only been open for half the year. I think six months, yeah. 12 months. So. Yeah. Cause then we had yeah. shut down or so. yeah, it was, uh, yeah. it was an interesting time, but yeah, so that's going to bring us to today. And, we've kind of the last year or so it's been feeling really quite busy and cramped and and such like that and i got no more room for new equipment (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. well that's what like i always say to people
0: i was like you know i'm super super happy and proud for uh leo and charlotte i was like but dang there's a lot of people in here they know right you gotta pick like the right times to go work out or something
1: and which like during like lunch hour seems to be okay if i remember generally you're outside of the four till seven. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We actually opened up a little private studio as well, which you, you've used. I think you've done some photo shoots and stuff yeah. and of videos and stuff like that. Um, that definitely helped as well. It mm-hmm. removed the teams in the evenings so yeah, they can you okay. can rent that space. And uh, in the day as well, it's got a constant flow of some mm-hmm. one-on-one training. So yes, I'm very thankful that we were able to yeah like that up during yeah. again covid so
0: well it's only like the weekend is like the only time you got i can really book or whatever that's why i do my which is my preferred time anyways yeah. but yeah. that's why like you look yeah the whole week is just booked right up because yeah. now you never because ever since you brought in that private gym you don't see half the people that you used to see because they're there all the time yeah and there's definitely a, a handful of trainers isn't it? yeah it, it it just fits uh, their clientele and, and such like that so yeah. i was gonna say that's great because like i know when um, I was at Good Life Fitness and obviously that was a much higher client load at the time when it was a personal trainer. They only had like this little roped off section for the yeah. client and the trainer, but it was also the other trainers and their clients. So it technically wasn't, you know, one-on-one. No, it was a private training space, but yeah. no, it wasn't just one-on-one. It was yeah. Yeah. but It was yeah. like a zoo, you could see everything. It was just yeah. fully open so everybody could see the clients and everything. And so even that wasn't fully comfortable for some people so having a space where yeah you can allocate that entire hour to just you and your client like that's a big selling feature for some like that must have really helped some people's business
1: for sure yeah and just during yes, that time where people were somewhat afraid of coming back mm-hmm. and being around people and i think that's yeah. maybe is yeah. stigmatized yeah. a little bit in, in some people's head but uh and for those that are again maybe not super comfortable it's it's perfect a little tri- private training space for them yeah yeah and it's
0: like fully equipped too, right? Obviously not to the extent of the big gym, but like you got everything you need in there to make an efficient workout program. So, and then like I say the, you know, it is like, it's perfect for filming. Like yeah. it's nice. cause it's like, I gotta, I go in there every time I go in and I always make sure to do it out, turn everything back on, but I turn off all the vent fans and everything oh, yeah, just yeah, cause yeah, of the audio. Yeah. Um, but otherwise it's like a great space. There's tons of room and everything. And it's, I, I really enjoy it. So it's, like I said, it's just hard to get in during the week or whatever. So I, if I try it on the weekend. I'll always try to book the private gym or whatever. So that's really good. So
1: yeah, so moving to that big gym. So what's the next step then? So yeah, we're looking at an expansion right now. So same area, just again, we're going to bring them back together, uh, the two spaces, but uh, at least a doubling of size. I'm trying to push for a little bit more, but uh, basically to be able to provide more amenities for our clients and our members. So um, we're looking at a dedicated um, physio and chiroclinic as well, yeah. Uh a full on posing studio. Um yeah, bigger amenities, changing rooms are gonna fit in the saunas in each of them as well. So dry dry heat sauna, uh and mm-hmm. then bigger staff room, more offices, so people can either massage therapists or yeah. trainers can even rent their own if they want their own sort of dedicated like workspace and such like that. Um and then obviously yeah, just bigger floor space, bigger turf area, more more squat racks, more, more machines, mm-hmm. a little bit more cardio, just kind of again yeah, a little bit more of everything. So yeah, and yeah, because Toby and I
0: talked a little about a little bit about this when he was on the podcast. So, is it going to be the casino area,
1: or it's going to be the same area? Still going to be the casino. Okay, uh, there was just too many red flags going on with the new with the landlord and with the casino landlord. Yeah, yeah. so there were new there were new owners of the uh, landlord I, yeah. and, uh, of the casino, and um, yeah, just too many red flags popping up and such like that. Don't want to start a relationship under that. Smart. Uh, yeah. so we reached out to our current landlord who owned a ton of real estate in the area. Okay, and, We've been, and I'd reached out to them two years ago. I was like, hey, what's, what's happening with next door?" Like, I like we're not we're all, all down. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. And so they knew where our heads were at. And yeah. they wanted to keep us in their, sort of, their portfolio, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, they're kind of building or working around us with this, uh, this new opening. So it's going to become available in September, but then they have to do the exterior and interior renovation. So it's going to look like a brand new building. And, um, but yeah, it's all within the same area. Yeah, it's a okay, it's Manchester area, so the people aren't needing to change their commute times. Yeah. by more than two minutes. So. Yeah, well, that was the same with
0: last one. Where was the other one? It's just yeah. across what's Ernie Blackford. Blackford yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, what's the road? Is it Memorial? What am I thinking of? The the shopping Mall's on. Hell uh, is that road? That that was Manchester Road.
1: right, like two.
0: the Chinook Mall though. Oh. What is that? Was that before or after that road? Okay, I can't not remember now. <laughs> it was right next to the pound or the the
1: impounder. That's all I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. McLeod. Yeah, McLeod, There it is. That's it in McLeod, Yeah. So we're coming halfway back. Yeah, okay, so But it's still within that sort of yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll even move.
0: That was like a quicker commute for me moving. Like it's if on a good day I could do this in 7-8 minutes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even driving like an asshole either. <laughs> like I'd actually driving sound. And I could yeah. do it in like 7 or 8 minutes. So cuz I can either I could either go on to Deerfoot and then on to Blackfoot. Yep. Or I could I think it's Ogden Road or something and then I come up in Inglewood and then yes. across by the zoo or went yeah it kept 12th street and the news company yeah so it's super easy for me super easy for me
1: yeah so... and it's super accessible like again anywhere in the city mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a drive like people definitely have to come in yeah. to Kings right yeah. but again um, super accessible whether it's yeah, Blackfoot, Deerfoot piled mm-hmm. wherever right so... yeah so this will be like in the new year then rather right? finalized. I think mean? it's I mean, four to six months after September so yeah okay new year so by now this time next year we should be Nice, should be all all good to go. Well, cool, that'll be here in yeah. no freaking time. The no way, yeah, the way, uh, you know, ordering equipment just takes so long now. It's <laughs> so it's like oh, we just had that experience with Atlantis, right? With the, yeah. the Pendulum Squad. Yeah, it did take a while. So, um, yeah. So it's I just really it's now that we're starting to look at ordering the uh, the equipment. Yeah, okay. Because how long did Prime take to get it? That was uh, It was long, but I think it was only sixteen weeks at the time. I think we had ordered it. That's not too bad then. I can't i can't it's hard to remember but it was because it was quite a while but i think it was around 16 weeks maybe it was a little delayed maybe it was 20 weeks or yeah it's because you're it
0: taking a while and like that 20 16 or 20 weeks probably sounds like hell to people because like amazon prime you got like two days but yeah, totally. they had to like build it all didn't they? they they had to like paint it and build it and
1: everything and everything's built to order yeah so like a lot of these places uh they're not building them in bulk and mm-hmm. they're like hey this order's coming in they're they're building it they're power decoding it they're you know they're Finishing it off, and then it's being shipped, yeah, either straight to the place or to the distributor, which it's the way Atlantis is done because um, okay. it's a Canadian manufacturer, and then it's then it's being shipped to the place. So, but the nice thing about that is it comes built, or they're building it for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know Atlantis is Canadian. Yeah, it's out of Val Quebec. So actually, I'm planning a trip out there next month to go to the Atlantis factory oh, and it's... to the Atlantis gym. Okay, because all this stuff that. Before it goes on sale, goes to the uh, the gym first, so that their members can try it all. That's cool setup. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. I had no idea that that was in Canada. I thought they were American. I thought yeah. most of the gym companies were American. Yeah, he's uh he's been. I mean, he's been, he started doing it in like the seventies, so he's been a, yeah. in a long time. Yeah, so yeah, and it's just again, it was just because he needed a need of the current equipment, and yep. so he started doing his own thing, and mm-hmm. usually how great businesses are. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. is Mark's What's he called? Bart? What's he called?
1: Uh, Smelly Bell, like uh, Mark uh, Mark Bell, like yeah. Uh, is that that's he's American, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's it was uh Sacramento. Kind yeah, okay. Because you got some of his stuff, right? uh I mean, his slingshots and stuff like that. He doesn't yeah. do too much on the uh, equipment. Equipment. So why you have had some pieces from him? Are you talking about the uh Fortis gym? Right. <laughs> I just thought Mark Bell had had yeah. that or whatever. Yeah, he. I mean, he 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 has a gym and he. Has, yeah, fair. Yeah, all the cool equipment from, you know, Rogue. The other companies. Elite FTS and all of
0: that good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I I tell people, like, like, most people know that I'm very nuanced and nerdy with things, and, like, that's where the equipment at King's is just the opportunity to, like, you know, bring a better workout because of, like, adjusting resistance profiles or adding bands here or just the way the machine itself is set up, like... Uh, I myself really struggle with hamstrings, that prime fitness equipment. I can annihilate my hamstrings. It's just set up well for me. Or, um, like Toby and I talked about this a little bit, but like for people that don't understand, like you can change the cam angle so you can make it heavier at the bottom and lighter, at the top vice versa for just di- different resistance profiles. And it's just, it's just amazing. And yeah. And even just like, even the hack squat, like not many gyms have a hack squat. And if they do, it's not set up great. And like. You know so even just having that hack squat even though it's a little
1: older it still yeah. does the trick yeah. and like just the opportunity in that gym and then the knowledge around as well you know adding yeah. in certain locations right mm-hmm. extending the range and yeah like that right so yeah one well, because you also got the it's arsenal leg press right
0: yeah because yeah, that one's fairly new and that's a great piece of equipment especially it's got the calf plate on it and everything and and that's what i mean it's just so diverse there and there's you know, like sure, it's nice every now and then to go to a different gym just for a change of pace. Like you said, you yep. like to experience and see what's going on there and everything. But you got when in terms of lifting, you have everything there because dumbbells go up to what? Like one what's 40s? 140s, yeah. what forties? One forties? Yeah, you're sixties, isn't it? No, I got one forties. Looking for one yeah. fifties, but yeah, well, that's uh, that's gonna be a freaking pretty penny for those. Oh,
1: you're paying per pound. It's <laughs> <think> it's pretty freak though. <crazy. So, laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, for the most part i think we have one guy who can realistically press the 140s at the gym right so yeah so, i mean you got some guys that can probably row a little bit more but yeah at that point there's many other machines exactly yeah, so yeah. probably probably do as well right so yeah and the good thing about a lot of this equipment that's coming to the market now is they're built by lifters themselves so they understand yes. like the prime guys and um and the arsenal guys they're, they're built by guys that actually are in the industry lifting themselves so they're actually modifying or they're you know creating uh and an, an they're filling a need in the market, right? And yeah, um, and then you know, commercializing it and then distributing it. Yeah, because
0: there's like sometimes you get on a piece of equipment, and you're like, What? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, the what was the the motion ones? Like, as they would move as moist yeah. hoist. Yeah, that was it. Like, hoist because Good Life was like, they had tons of hoist equipment because that was their little, uh, like a little circuit, a little, yeah, the little nine or 10 thing. circuit training or whatever. And then just you get in there, you're like, This doesn't make it like if you knew, like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it was comfortable for the general population. So I think that's why it had a market. But yeah, like, so that's what I mean. So it's nice to see companies. It's like, I used to be a mechanic. And you go to work on a car. You're like, an engineer has never worked on a car before. Because why is this piece in this place? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, I cannot get my hand here, right? Like, you got to pull the whole engine just to get to something kind of idea. So that, that makes things extremely difficult for the people that actually have to work on
1: them. So, yeah, uh-huh. these criminal uh, companies fill yeah. a lot of them, right? As well yeah. like a bunch of engineers that are putting these things together. Yeah. They've seen some drawings and some like of that, but they've never actually used them. So, yeah, exactly. Have no yeah. idea how a bicep curl machine works. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, that makes sense. And then you get the trainers that are actually using it. It's like, this makes no sense, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's good, yeah, they take yeah. that feedback
0: in because that's, that's all, like, obviously how you're going to get better. Like, what do the people want? Because, like, who cares what, you know? person who never goes in the gym who cares what they want. Yes, right? You yeah. have to tailor it to the people that are actually going to be using the equipment. Yeah. So, so move that bigger location. And then how long do you feel that's going to be? I'm hoping for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, people keep asking me, it's like, what's the, what's the big mission or something Yeah, like, uh, I don't know if having multiple locations is the right way. Cause sometimes that could just create more of a headache and yep. all right. And, um, so, but I think this is now providing more of the services of things that I want to see in, in Kings offer, right? Cairo, massage, physio and stuff like that and just having, you know, most of the equipment that, that we want to see yeah. and such like that. So I think this will be a good size and hopefully for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think bigger is always better, but I think it's bigger to a point, right? To be able to offer what you want to offer. You know, do we need, do you need 30,000 or more square feet? I don't think so. I think that just becomes more of a headache than anything else, yeah. So Something that's still niche and still has that environment where people want to come and train. But again, I think when it's the bigger, you, the bigger even the bigger space you get, kind of removes some of that feel, right? So Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you just need enough space where we can get benches around without crashing Matthew. and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was watching Matthew the other day like two people had to come help him out <laughs> because he couldn't get it around the yeah. house no so that'll be great or whatever like other, like it's not that bad though but it, you're right it does kind of like it compresses your vision because it's like wow it'd be nice to have this this and this but I can't because
1: we just physically do not have the room totally it's funny when we came into the space it seemed so big yeah that's you, exactly oh it. my god it's all the way down yeah. there and all the way over there I have to get a piece of equipment it's just taking forever yeah and now it's like oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, God damn it, man. We need more room in here. Exactly. Yeah, because I remember that, like,
0: the day we moved in there or whatever. And it was just like, everybody's like, holy crap. Like, yeah. there's so much well, space. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then as the months went on, and like, new pieces of equipment would be sitting there ready to be put in place. And was like, where the hell is he going to put this? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, but you made it work every time. Like, because yeah, yeah. you
1: have sold like a yeah. handful of equipment as well. We've actually probably replaced most of the equipment. Yeah. Uh, there are some things that we've kept, obviously, the, the side effects and stuff, which hopefully will last just forever. Yeah. Such like that. Uh, but yeah, we had a whole line of ever, I think everyone, everything's pretty much been yeah. replaced. Yeah. We had an old cable in the middle at the beginning and now we have. Yeah. Cable, well, and
0: then, and then life fitness came in. And, stuff like and then, then so we so try cool. to make a trainer in the corner too. Then we put the two pieces together. Yeah,
1: was, yeah. Oh, we took it apart.
0: <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> in, so it's, <laughs> you know, it's an evolution, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like, it's really great to see, to watch it all change and, and just to be a part of it as well, yeah. you know, it's, it's really nice. And so, yeah, cause I always wondered just the way like i said how fast things like expanded and grew as soon as you got into that big gym if yeah if that was going to be something and then like hearing when you invested into that fifth avenue club like is okay is this going to be something like is there going to be multiple gyms like a franchise yeah. stuff but I, I i do understand like what you're saying though like yeah sometimes you just get too much going on and and then what does it become about
1: right yeah, yeah. Do, there, there's a there's a point where fulfillment is taken care of mm-hmm. uh, in many ways right and it's like yeah then it's just ego yeah in my opinion right is care. Yep. Like, yeah, i mean if you can get everything out of one location and the stress is mm-hmm. very low then why have ten? right and Yeah, just just uh you know just grow your head a little bit more sort of thing right just at that point it's to me it's uh it's almost worthless right and again but it is more stress and stuff like that so. yeah well then also
0: too like because then at that point like you really got to be bringing money in to be able to you know keep sustain everything so then yeah you possibly could lose that model and then you become more like a good life or something where it is okay we got
1: to push sales in order for this to survive and then lose that environment right that's what Um, it comes back to it's like yeah it's community culture and environment if you kind of stick by your sort of your general principles and philosophies and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that uh you can't go wrong but as soon as you start you know oh now i need again for sales and stuff like that you start taking away from your original principles of why you actually got into the industry or Started serving people in the first place, right? So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what came first, powerlifting or bodybuilding? Oh, I'm always a bodybuilder. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that first came so, first. Yeah, so, uh, but I like the back and forth. I like the, I think the powerlifting has some good transition, uh, translation over into just some natural den- muscle density uh, and getting stronger. It's just a numbers game. It's easy to focus on. It's like, yeah, my squat is stronger now than it was six months ago. That's the yeah. idea. It is very basic and raw. But, um, i I do i do enjoy the physique side of things i like i do like preps i do like uh the the time spent building muscle and such like that so that's kind of the phase that i'm now transitioned back into uh to ideally step on stage 2024 okay yeah yeah, so we're gonna take a nice big off season to put on some more muscle and yeah nice yeah because you hear a lot there's a lot of debate like um
0: even some big names like big influencers like you don't need to power lift if you're a bodybuilder, and it's like okay maybe not right but at the same time like the like i always talk about potentiation so you're stronger you are potentiating more output in a hypertrophy phase of bodybuilding so like they definitely can help each other vice versa more muscle means more potential for strength yeah
1: so it's a yin and a yang they go back yeah right i'd be not doing all one and all the other is probably not necessarily the best in my opinion especially not naturally as well like i'm gonna go down this route as yeah. well i think there needs to be a time where you do focus on getting stronger and again to potentiate more muscle less and then yeah like you said vice versa yeah because so, yeah. yeah, like even toby and i were talking because when
0: him and i had the podcast uh they had just released uh um, replicated research saying that like periodization is actually very beneficial So saying, we'll just say, keep it simple and say train like a bodybuilder for X amount of time, but then train like a power lifter. And how I explain that is, you know, like we are all about adaptation. Our bodies adapt to everything. So you create this threshold. So by you switching over to powerlifting, you're decreasing that threshold that you obtain during bodybuilding. So when you come back, it's easier to get adaptations without having to use such excess volume and stuff to build muscle or whatever goal you're trying to achieve. And that's what, that's what the research shows is do that periodization to resensitize things. It's like, you know, yeah. you get told we got to take a break from caffeine if we yeah. want to get a kick from caffeine. So it's kind of like the same
1: with training. You know? Food as well. Yeah. I think, you know, going through these constant surpluses and you had to resensitize and drop some food and lose yeah. body fat and potentiate some more muscle mass. And yeah. uh, when you do put in some, uh, some more food again, right? So yeah. I mean, there's always this, these cycles up and down. Yeah. yeah. So when when was your first competition? 2011.
0: 2011, really? So how old are you now? 43. 33, yeah. really? You're yeah. the same age as
1: me? Mm. I did not know that. 1989. Um oh, so you're slightly older than Okay. <laughs> um yeah, so 2011 and again it was like I've always been fascinated with bodybuilding. I remember watching Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> yeah, and this was in 2002. So I was I was 12 or 13. Yeah. I remember watching on TV thinking I was just mesmerized, right? Like, this is freaking amazing. I remember watching the World's Strongest Man. I, very right, all this stuff, like all these little time points in time that I I remember and just been fascinated with, which again made me get into the gym and everything else, right? Everything else from there. But um, I think when I moved to Canada, I stopped team sports. So I played you know soccer, football, pretty competitively, you know rugby, cricket, all those good English sports, right? And then um, because I had stopped that, I was like, hey, I, and I was training. Like I always was training anyway. I was like, I needed to put a goal out there so it was either kind of powerlifting or or bodybuilding they're the only two that kind of made sense at the time and again just a fascination with the the physique and i was always a little i was quite lean and had relatively good muscle uh at the time i was like you know what i gave myself 12 months well i watched the show gave myself 12 months and and uh then yeah stepped on stage 2011 and uh yeah the rest is kind of kind of history i think i competed about 13 times so again this is not super much but I want to be doing this for a long time as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like every few years, which is why I like the powerlifting and the bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I like to go back and forth and I like to. For longevity. Exactly. Right. I want to be competing into my master's age until until I lose the, the joy of it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So where was that first competition? It was in Calgary. Okay. Uh, which was awesome because, again, my family could come and watch. And, yeah. again, I did the most extreme diet. This is things that you just, I don't know, <laughs> with the tie. I did. The most extreme diet, it was like, it was eight weeks. What um, it consists of Oh no so I mean I think I was I was 50 grams of carbs a day <laughs> I like, know It's like 300 grams of protein Oh wow it's yeah, like obnoxious obnoxious Because you're reading The muscle magazines right? And at the yeah. time This is before social media And such like that So yeah And then Then very low fat Like you know 50 grams or whatever Right, And then um, Yeah then you start listening To to the 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 And more correct people I would say To, to follow Especially In our industry In the natural realm of things And mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I ended up winning the show. Uh, I did like sure. decent. Like I looked flat, but yeah. I had definitely lost quite a bit of muscle. But was, <laughs> I I, had still... Level, yeah. okay. so, uh, put on a bunch of weight after that. And then I uh, competed again in 2011. I won my class, but I missed out on my pro card. And then came back the next year in 2012 uh, and won the whole show. And then this is in Vancouver. Okay. So I then went to the World Championships that year. So my first time competing... Uh, the worlds was in 2020, 20, 2012. I was 23 years old, and yeah. yeah, I did, I did decent. Like, I placed about halfway up in the the light, like, and then, yeah, and then I did a really big 2014 season, yeah. Okay, and then again, it's been every kind of two to three years, kind mm-hmm. of get back in your station, said, Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, that first one, because
0: you did like the extreme diet and everything, what were the emotions like around all of that, like leading up to it, during it,
1: and afterwards? Yeah, I think you, I mean, you're just so focused on like the that point in time and it was a really yeah. short time uh time frame but it was i was, i was just i did everything wrong right again i didn't have to go so low calorie it, mm-hmm. i I did some cardio but not to the extent that some people had. if i would have would have been devastating for Yeah, sure. you know super food focused and um yeah and just like everything everything was so rigid right it was which it was good it was routine it was meal planned it was mm-hmm. like but there's no cheating there was no nothing it was just yeah got me to the point but then, then you go through these sort of... You can see how it can be a big psychological... Uh, I think some really, you know, big uh, psychological effects on some people. And, mm. you know, devastating, right? So, yeah, super food-focused. Uh, binged after the show many times. And I've never binged on food before, right? So, yeah. So every season it's definitely been better and better. But now I'm to the point where now I enjoy it and and such like that. Way less food-focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, more energy. Again, you're doing things more correctly over time, right? And especially as you learn and get experience, mm-hmm.
0: right? So, yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've like from the psychology aspect, uh what I see within competitors who, who, like, obviously we don't frequently compete, but you know we're kind of in that realm because you said you do take breaks, yeah. but that experience lessens your stress totally. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And like, so when people are like, like, I don't want to have to eat the same thing every single day and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, then stop stressing about it because you want to know what's going to cause you to either like mitigate uh, or sorry, slow fat loss and, or cause, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> it's stress. Like people are like, I'm holding so much water. I was like, when was the last time you went for a walk? Yeah, you know, totally, When yeah. was the last time you've gone on a uh, trip to the mountains or something? And it's like the less you can stress about it. So I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the more experience you have, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. not your first rodeo. You know what Porn. to expect,
1: you know? uh, and you know you make changes over time you know what starts to work mm-hmm. and then and such like that and things do change a little bit over time but for the most part you just manipulate it a little bit and yeah good. but yeah less stress on the shoulder my my goal in my last prep so 2011 uh 2021 was uh to basically to prep without anyone knowing i was prepping that was yeah. the big goal yeah so yeah um uh, and for the most part i think i did well other than yeah. other than you know get lean as yeah there's a someone starts questioning question <laughs> some... but for the most part you're not like you know if people are asking you to go out you're still going out yeah <laughs> eating the, the 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 food that everyone else is eating and stuff like that and you're not restricting yourself right and we my wife Charlotte was pregnant at the time as well so we had Madison in September I competed in like October, November wow so we had a new baby as well <laughs> so it was like you know trying to keep keep the stress off her keep my stress down and yeah yeah just came everything was way more more balanced and everything it was funny because it was so much easier <laughs> right and so i i all i did was i did walks for my cardio which was great because you have to take the dogs out anyway right and just focusing on steps and food was pretty much the same right the way through and mm-hmm. until the last eight weeks and we really, really into where we were actually building food into into the competition because no. we were ready early and it was Sorry, great because then we could fill out the muscles with, with glycogen sure. Uh, the skin was getting kind of tighter as well as we were filling up. And they're just like this nice gradual lead into the competitions, right? So, all. again, it, mindset changes over time. Yeah. Experience and stuff like that, And life changes as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, earning multiple businesses now. Yeah. Kids, wife, things like that never happened in 2011. Maybe. Yeah. So, sure. it, was, it was totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, I like the comment that you made where
0: you know, you're going out with friends, yeah. you know, and stuff and such still, because like I'll have people who aren't even competing. They're just trying to, you know, we're trying to regain their health or something and right. they got an overgrowth, whichever. And they'll, they'll message me. Like a good example is I had a, a husband and wife and she messaged me and she says, Hey, we're having a family reunion. She's like, what do we do? Should we bring our containers and our food or whatever? Should we just not eat all this kind of stuff? I said, here's what's going to happen, right? You could bring your containers and your food. Okay. Everyone's going to poke fun at you. You're going to see all the desserts and all that kind of stuff you may get through it all you'll go home you're going to be proud of yourself and then you're going to binge eat so bad that night or the next day because of the stress that you placed yourself under i'm like just go there we'll plan your day around this right do whatever it takes enjoy a burger have a slice of cake you're going to be so much better off the next day than if you try to like restrict everything or that fomo the fear of missing out so just not going at all yeah. And then, and you know? you're going to regret that. I and then mean, you like binge anyway, right? Yeah, it's, just, you can't, it's like, I <laughs> can't win. So just go and enjoy yourself. And, and I do understand though. It's very difficult. Like you and I both know if you were to go out and have, you go to the keg and get maybe, you know, a steak and, and a slice of cheesecake or whatever, you're not gaining any weight. You're nothing. But if you do that and while you're eating that cheesecake, you're destroying yourself from the inside because you're so stressed out and you're feeling so guilty. That's that's why your weight went up the next day. It's <laughs> yeah. It's just a right? yeah, byproduct of yeah. you know, the situation that you just caused yourself. Yeah. But like this yeah. is why, like, as you know, competitors, they go and they prepare for a show and they look a certain way on stage, and then afterwards they go out and eat and have a great time with friends and family, look even better the next day. It's because all that stress reduction. I and mean, yeah. care that they were eating that food,
1: and uh, you know, there's some other things as well. These people they're they're still dehydrating before us yeah. stage and stuff yeah. like that, and now they're actually hydrated and they actually yeah. got some food sodium, food. sodium to the sodium and some of that. So uh, again, these are all the things that again mistakes in the past that you sort of learn and stuff like that. It's like ah, and again, go out and have a little bit of sodium on on some steak and potato. Oh man, I look amazing. Right? What is that? And then why am I depleting that before coming into yeah into a stage? Right? So. Again, working with a good coach that has some good eyes as well is very better, it does. even as a coach, right? I mean, coaches should have coaches, especially when they're, yeah. especially in that situation, right? Whether it's powerlifting for me or bodybuilding, I still have a coach that's overseeing the, the most important part of the, the prep, which in a bodybuilder say, in my opinion, is the food and the peak week, right? So Yeah,
0: yeah. and you're always going to be your own worst critic, yeah. right? You're going to look in the mirror. Like, I don't know, like most, uh, so they have expressed to me. Most competitors do have, even if it's a small form of body dysmorphia. Sure. So you can yeah. look amazing. You look in the mirror and you think you look like trash. Flat, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. make decisions like, that's my issue because like, uh, like when I was younger, what led me down like the bad path and what led me to the good path now was, was I thought I had to be big, right? I thought I had to have lots of muscle and everything to be successful and have people respect me and love me and yeah. so on and so forth. So I always had this eat big to get big mentality. Yeah. Right. So I'd look in the mirror and I'd feel like I'm going soft flat whatever so i just crush a bunch of food and because i have gut issues it was more inflammatory to me and then you just look worse the next day and then you feel bad and you're stressed so you do it again and it's just like so yeah like if you don't have somebody in your ear telling you hey relax you're fine you're gonna be okay or even if you did go out and eat that food and having somebody in your ear saying look it's okay you had the meal that's great good for you you know hope you had a great night now let's just do this today and get back on track yeah so having i always say that coaches need coaches like i'm sure there's probably some miracle out there where they can coach yeah. themselves but when you get down and like you know you're pulling so many fats and everything your your cognitive performance just drops
1: like it. yeah you're, you're thinking for five seconds before it's like what was i even thinking about again yeah <laughs> like, just things just like they yeah. right so again yeah you're not exactly in the prime position to be able to make you know objective decisions yeah and it's basically all subjective yeah or even the energy like when i
0: got down like i never stepped on stage but i got down a single digit body fat that was when i was in red you're managing that shop and like when no customers were in like i was just out in the chair because i had a chair there i was like out all the time and thank goodness the door was loud when you open it because it woke me up every time and like i just had no energy to do anything but i know working there it would actually help promote that result because then it kept me moving i had no choice but to move yeah where when you're in that state if you don't want to move so you spend all day not moving you decrease your need now it's just that much more difficult to obtain that. yeah, like,
1: yeah. yeah. is it good for muscle life yeah. yeah punish it's yourself now it's just like yeah yeah so yeah it is a cycle so yeah being active for sure helps and i know like i personally like walking a lot i don't agree with hours and hours of just like you know uh cycling cardio in mm-hmm. and stuff like that i like walking it's low stress around side in a nice environment typically and stuff like that stress reduction totally right and mm-hmm. um very low impact uh recovery as well right blood flowing and such like that And again increasing all your you know neat and all the development yeah. exercise right thermogenesis and stuff and it, yeah no it's i i always recommend well i tell people like
0: the reason you give somebody cardio is if they're not willing to go out for a walk that's right. what i kind yeah. of
1: say the, oh you know, they're, they're you know they're also sat down for 10 hours of the day and they actually need to do something a little bit more intense maybe and yeah but if you could even get them to move three times a day for whatever right yeah well I say it's just like water if you have to get three
0: liters of water in you can't do it all in one shot you're you're not going to hold on to that same with walking like yes it's beneficial to go for a very very long walk but much better results are going to be if you can move as much as possible throughout the day and that's why like I have clients like, you know, Tracy, right? Like when she gets up to go to the bathroom now, she takes the big scenic routes and everything. So this way she gets
1: little things like that could really yeah, add up all yeah. the time yeah. for the results that you're yeah, looking they, for. Yeah, I think say park far away in the car park. Yeah. Do all that stuff. Yeah. is actually very simple, but it's just not very easy for people to do, right? So yeah. Just make up that decision in your mind and just. Yeah. Do it. It's
0: also not sexy. It's no. also not like if you try to tell somebody like, how'd you get so lean? I went for walks. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, shut up. They're <laughs> like, what's up? I did you take her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so they want this like magical thing of like, oh, I took this fat burner or I did this or I did this workout. And it's like, man, I just chilled the F out and went for walks yeah. and watched my food. Totally. You know? And, and did some strength training. Yeah, to retain muscle mass. Yeah, is, yeah. so it, it's like we really, really like to complicate it. And I know like some people, cause like I work with very messed up individuals, like internally, like, you know, severe overgrowth, autoimmune disease and stuff. So then yes, it's not always as simple as just doing those steps, but for the average healthy individual, yeah. you know, it is, it's just, you know, reduce some food intake, get some exercise, stress management, get your water in, and you should just see some pretty good results. Right. So, so when, so you did bodybuilding first. Yeah. And then, what was that moment that I was like, okay, I want to try
1: out powerlifting? Because you've competed, yeah. correct? So I uh, did uh, powerlifting? Yeah. Yeah, several times. So um, we, yeah, as uh, it was when Charlotte and myself first got together. Okay. So, uh, and she's, has an stringer, so she has uh, a natural competitive string. pay she did track and field for newfoundland um so she competed at like all canada games and stuff like that and so she's got a competitive streak and she's always been into lifting and stuff we met in the gym surprise surprise so <laughs> um it was kind of like hey i want to do this thing and she's had to express interest in competing in something i was like hey why don't we do some powerlifting? so yeah so we did a, we did a local competition uh we did a provincial competition and that's uh, kind of just stemmed from there so um She's competed. She's competed a handful of times. I've competed again ten to probably fifteen times now in powerlifting. In power, wow, as well. So it's it's easier to do more competitions in a yes, year, right? So, uh, mm. um, especially in the earlier days for sure. Uh, you don't need these big off seasons to kind of build muscle back and then go again, right? Yeah. Kind of go peak and mm-hmm. peak to peak to peak, um. So yeah, I've competed all the way up nationals. I've competed three times. I've competed at Commonwealth Games, Commonwealth Powerlifting Championships, uh, last year in New Zealand. So that's right, I competed yeah. for Team Canada. So I've done most of what I want to accomplish in the on the powerlifting field. Yeah. There's some numbers that I haven't quite hit, but you know I feel like I'm competitive enough at that level, and that's what I want to be. If I yeah. was to focus everything into powerlifting, it would remove from my ability to be able to bol- bodybuilder the the ability that i can right so um so again i like this this balance and maybe i'm 90 percent as good as i could be in in any one of them okay yeah. but at least i'm competitive in both right That's yeah the way i kind of look at it and again i want this like longevity factor yeah and to be able to compete you know until masters kind of majors right
0: so yeah so like, yeah. if you put it 100 percent into let's say powerlifting, how
1: where do you think you'd be with that yeah it's uh it, it's this is tough one because there's some genetic just in any sport right some genetic elites out there but i I think you know I would be competitive at nationals uh but there's there's there are a handful of guys and it's just it's scary how <laughs> those guys are and especially in our weight class like we're not heavy guys we're hundred and sixty two pounds or whatever right and guys are deadlifting seven hundred pounds and squatting 600, 650 pounds. It's a lot, so yeah. yeah. It's amazing yeah. with wrong, yeah. right? Like yeah. I mean, people wear belts and knee sleeves, and that's pretty much it, right? And you know, so I, uh, I think I could, yeah, I would, I would improve more, but I, I think I'm, you know, I'm probably ninety five percent of where I could probably be. So five percent isn't even gonna give me that edge to, yeah, a seven hundred pound deadlift, right? Fair. What is your deadlift right now? Uh, six hundred six pounds. So it's oh, a yeah, decent, uh, yeah. It's and then just so much weight. Yeah. So uh, and then squats five hundred and twenty-five and uh, three hundred pounds.
0: Jesus, my yeah. squat is so bad. It is so bad. Yeah. Like squatting it's, in the gym was just
1: embarrassing. Is. <laughs> and even sometimes it's a leverage thing and uh, yeah. <laughs> mechanics and stuff like that. And yeah, actually doing it. That is actually doing it.
0: <laughs> so it's like,
1: how do I grow my calves? Have you ever worked them? Yeah, <laughs> like, train calves and do it many yeah. times a week. And, Go from yeah. there, right? So, uh, and then, yeah, report back. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I I enjoy it. It's got a really good uh, community feel behind it, especially the guys at Kings and yeah, uh, uh, everyone's super. It's a good, it's a good, really good, a welcoming environment, and and it's it's super competitive. And it's it's led me to where I want to go as well. A lot of play, things that I do, I want it to take me places, right? The purpose, so, totally, right. Mm-hmm you know, we can go into the, why we run bodybuilding events and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, the ability for it to take us places, like, powerlifting taking us to New Zealand, bodybuilding, I've judged in the Philippines, I've competed all over the, the states, I've judged in Europe and stuff like that, so, again, it's the, uh, yeah, just, again, living the life that you kind of want to live right and and uh the values that you kind of support right so yeah yeah So well speaking of
0: longevity yeah. just that that experience in life like it's just fun and it's exciting and it's yeah. change and environment like that's that's what life should be about you yeah. know what i mean like these people that you know not knocking anyone but like the nine to five job and you come home and you cook dinner and you watch the latest series and
1: everything i just like I couldn't imagine. And when do you go on vacation? Miss you go to Mexico. It's now you're just on the resort and you're not yeah, exactly. like, yeah. like oh, okay, I've got some good sunshine, okay, some nice yeah. waves, but it's like, yeah, no, it's not really. Uh, you know, and usually they're so exhausted as well. They're just yeah. on the deck
0: drinking drinks and yeah. You know, I mean, so, if that's what you know, if that's yeah, what brings exactly. you joy in the life, then no, all the better. It uh It's just not my life that yeah. I want to live. In. Yeah, well, like I went to Japan. Yeah. and like there's ways you can look at things and i look at everything as like an opportunity and so like going to japan and seeing like the different cultures and how things are done and it just opened my mind and it was just like this is a beautiful country the people are amazing uh oh it's like i always said i i went i was in Sapporo because i went snowboarding like way up north in Sappora. Like that was the whole reason i went with yeah. snowboarding and then when i come back into the city part uh, you'd go down the mall and this is back when I was a lot bigger too, though. Like I was like two twenty, I okay. think, or yeah. something like that. And of course, like they're all smaller and shorter and everything. So I, I, I classified as the three generations. You had the older generation where yeah. you definitely got the look because it's like, Hey, did you bomb my country? You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And, but then when they see the Canadian flag that kind of changes, right? right? Then you had the middle generation and they were very, very polite, very helpful. Like they didn't speak a lick of English, but they just knew. Like they knew because when I was in Sapporo, I only saw one other non-Japanese individual. Right. Wow. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Only one of the resort though was all Show us people tourism. Australia and and all that kind of stuff. Um but then the younger generation, they were all like uh, the, the pants with spikes on them and like emo, yeah, almost right. right. And like the, everything was black and right. you could tell they were trying to, whatever they found on the internet, trying to be Westernized. Right, like yeah, that's like, what you could tell. Whatever was 10 years prior. That's what they, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. but everybody was super polite. Like I would go, I rode trains many times and I had no idea. Everything's in Japanese. You know, so I still have all my receipts there from there. Cause it's just so cool. cool. But all I would do is point and they would guide me everywhere and whatnot and um, like it was funny though, cause at the resort, like I said, there was a lot of English speaking and everything and, and people from Canada and the States and Australia and whatnot and Germany and, um, but, uh, I had a buffet. I got access to a buffet and you'd go there and it would have like these fancy names. There'd be like sauces and all this kind of stuff. And these fancy names, like, oh, let's try this. And you try one, it was ketchup. It's like red sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Japanese, But ketchup i hate beer i don't like beer at all yeah yeah. their beer there was amazing yeah it was yeah. so like it, whatever that support be- support yeah it was yeah.
1: so good yeah, it's light it's uh, yeah. I, I i i drink some beer i used to drink yeah. a lot more than i do to Elbish, <laughs> but uh yeah support was was fairly big in in england was it oh, okay yeah, yeah. Yeah. As, as an import beer right Yeah, yeah. Could, we have a lot of european beers and stuff like that but Sipporah, yeah uh, was and then uh tiger they were the probably the top I actually know that one. Yeah.
0: yeah. I actually so, know that one.
1: But uh um, yeah, I mean definitely,
0: <laughs> definitely good uh good light beers for sure. Yeah. yeah. But no, that's really cool that like yeah, you venture everywhere yeah. and like that's exactly it. The powerlifting, the bodybuilding, it gives you that opportunity
1: to go places and yeah. do things and like just yeah, like the networking. Stuff like that, and networking and such like that. Now yeah, now we have people uh come from all these countries to come to our shows as well. I like to think so. Some of that, you know, travel and again meeting people and and getting that experience definitely kind of comes full circle. Yeah, as well, now people coming to our shows to compete. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, which is cool. yeah. So I definitely want to talk about that division, but yeah. I wanted to ask, what's
0: it like prepping for a powerlifting competition?
1: Um, it's it's different for sure. It's uh it's oh, I mean, everything's focused on the gym, right? Thankfully, I'm in a weight class, and I, I kind of generally sit at the top end so i don't have to do any i don't have to cut 10 pounds to to be a weight class so that would just add another stress load to a lot of people's preps but the training sessions are long yeah right. right? so they're like three hours training sessions mm-hmm. so you you are dedicated at that at that level i'm not saying everyone's sessions are three hours long but uh, at the point in my sort of career maybe what i need to create the overload stimulus to actually you know adapt and get stronger they're pretty long sessions so but it's very simple. I mean, you're squatting, you're benching, and you're deadlifting. It's yeah. really not rocket science for the most part. It's periodized training. It's undulating, right? So doing different rep schemes and set schemes typically per, per uh, session. And then there's some, some very basic accessories just for injury <laughs> prevention and stuff like that. I definitely have to work more on my mobility just to stay healthy. Hips, a yeah. little bit of shoulders and stuff like that. Versus I find bodybuilding I don't have to do as much of that mm-hmm. stuff because again it's you know you're f- focusing on stimulating a muscle versus moving the most amount of weight Max possible, weight. right? Yeah. So uh just yeah it is different, but um yeah. Not not overly yeah. different at the same time. So well, that's how I always explain, I said that's how I explain it to people.
0: Bodybuilders are trying to find the most difficult way to lift that weight, while power lifters are trying to find the easiest way to lift that weight, right? Yeah, yeah. So when because you, you say three
1: hours is that because there's just such long rest periods yeah it is yeah i mean i'm doing it especially when you're doing so six sets of five on the squat right you know it's heavy load you're at 80 80 to 85 percent of your max right so you need five to ten minutes just to fully recover just to hit the next set yeah. just to k- get the volume in that you need plus you know you've got a warm-up and such like that that's an hour of squatting uh yeah. benching a little little quicker just because again. Uh, your recovery uh on the on a bench press or a chestman. is less right, just you know, and, and sleep, like, sleep right so yeah yeah nice range of motion etc right um so yeah it's typically 30 minutes or 40 minutes and then it's deadlifts which can be you know 30 to an hour as well right? yeah so when you add all that in plus a warm-up and stuff mm-hmm. and that it it you yeah, your up yours right yeah. so. um and I'm not saying that's every single week because typically you know you're building on your volume and mm-hmm. as you're progressing uh but yeah typically two to three hours is kind of that mm-hmm. range and yeah so blocking off that time and Make making sure cover, yeah. That exactly, so. yeah 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 for
0: those that don't know like the reason the rest periods are so long is because that's what just what it takes for that cns to recover to get that maximal output to actually achieve those adaptations all yeah, yeah, yeah. right like i don't know if you've taken clients through those kind of workouts i, I try not to go five to ten minutes because i feel like it's not value for their money right. but when we try to hit like the three minute mark or something this is why i'll superset them, right, Because yeah. then that way you're getting, you know, you do a squat with a dumbbell lateral raise. That way they get a decent enough break, but they're still doing something. So they feel like they're hitting their bang for their buck. You chuck in some core in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously it's not going to be like the most optimal power legend, but you're still going to get some good strength gains doing that while keeping that client like entertained and feeling like they're getting value. Because yeah, did yeah. you imagine just sitting there for 10 minutes, like I've done that with though, with like someone yeah. like Tracy because we worked together for <laughs> so long, you know? And like so, bless her heart for that. But we've literally taken like ten minute rest periods between a deadlift because that's what we wanted to do for that week. Yep. was massive yeah. strength. Yeah, that way. So yeah, yeah. So if you okay, so you've
1: won. So have you? You've placed. Have you won in in powerlifting competition? Um, I placed in nationals. Uh, never won. Uh, so the way it works is many. There's a few different international competitions. I like to say it's like a rank to B right Okay. Um, a ranked is like worlds that's like the big that's like the one person from each weight division goes to worlds and it's like the mecca of competitions right um and then you have like these b international competitions which is generally the guys that place between second and fifth sort of internationals right so again competitive but not the yeah you know, very top guy and they're um Commonwealth, they're north american powerlifting champions pan americas like these are these kind of competitions where Mostly worldwide, but not quite the world level. So that's where I was able to go to, and it's an application base. So basically, and it's based on your nationals. So you have to go to nationals to um, to be able to participate. Okay. Uh, then you apply through Team Canada, and then if you get selected, and again, they select the best of the applications, and then uh, yeah, you you make Team Canada, and you get the ge- the gear and the the singlet and all that good stuff, and yeah, so that's that's the top level that I've competed at, uh, which again. In my mind, I'm very happy with. Yeah. Uh, bodybuilding. I've I have competed in the world championships seven mm-hmm. times. I've placed second in my weight class as well. So I I do feel like I am a better bodybuilder. Yeah. Okay. When we are yeah. comparing the two. Yeah. Uh, but again, i just like some competitive outlet during my sort of off season yeah. building yeah. seasons. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, but be- between let's call it let's just call it the biggest victory. So the biggest victory in bodybuilding and the
1: biggest victory in powerlifting. Which was more satisfying? Oh, the bodybuilding fishing yeah, 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 it answers. Was yeah absolutely and maybe if i won nationals it might be a little okay. different um i find that there is more of a team aspect in the power lifting that's what sydney was mentioning yeah. she said she loves the team like the community like and i'm not saying that's not like we at the and our world championships uh, again because i'm part of the WMBA federation we we do bring a team and it's and it it's different we try and create this team factor but you still even though both sports are individual basis it seems like there's more at stake on the team like game day performance from your your coach and mm-hmm. people helping out and just your your teammates are there and stuff like that it just seems like that there is a little bit more of this community base in in powerlifting. in powerlifting yeah okay yeah, so. okay yeah would you say
0: bodybuilding is like was was you said you felt was more satisfying is it cause it's more grueling
1: coming out to the competition it was actually the it was actually the prep that was like my least grueling prep, right? It was really that I was like, you know, I'd actually like that's probably why you did so good. Uh, so this rah-rah mentality of like, yeah. you must do more and you must do better, and uh, I think it actually can be a detriment uh, sometimes in uh, in bodybuilding. But uh, um, no, I just it was just uh, because it wasn't the world championships. It was my highest placing, and it was something that I I'd, I'd always wanted to achieve a top five placing there. So to place second. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh uh was just phenomenal it was just uh just meant so much to me right and i've been i competed in that the championships three times in 10 years so yeah it's been a it's been a while of competing yeah yeah what's the environment
0: like in that situation like when you're on stage posing and stuff like is there a lot of people
1: is it like uh there's a lot of audiences yeah. that is a good energy factor for yeah. you which is which is good because again it just makes you kind of really focus on your your posing and such like that and you you definitely have this energy of the the guys that are around you every time they're moving a place and you can kind of feel the vibes change. Yeah, okay. like but you're just focusing on yourself. What can I control, right? And again, it's just making sure that you're kind of uh, you're engaged the whole time, mm-hmm. right? You're not you're not you know taking rest periods in between, right? Because the judges are noticing these little things, yeah. right? So you're just you have to be super focused and engaged and on that whole time. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then you know, you're just trying to perform your best. Right. And performance is the goal in any sport, right? Is your yes. it's kind of how it's kind of seen or viewed or whatever, uh, in, in the bodybuilding a little differently. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I guess like, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, cause I've never competed in either, but like when you go out and like you're powerlifting, you go out, you lift the weight and then you're done. Right. Where, yeah, like bodybuilding, you're in there, you're fluxing the whole time. Cause like, obviously posing is a huge part to the totally. to, to winning as well. Yeah. Cause you got some people with like phenomenal physiques,
1: but they don't pose oh, great. They pinch their backs. So, yeah, you know, they they don't they don't know how to show the physique and the muscle that they have, right? Yeah. So we talk about working with coaches. Mm-hmm. Another thing, there's posing coaches out there, but uh, it's different for sure. Like you're on stage for thirty minutes, mm-hmm. just posing every single muscle all the time. Mm-hmm. It's a hard workout for <laughs> sure, right? So, but yeah, powerlifting's a little different. You're kind of going on. You're doing one rep. And then you're back for ten minutes because that's how long it takes to go yeah. on the on the platform, right? So, again, a different energy. It's kind of like this. I would say you it's a slow. Uh, you can feel like the minutes come up to getting on stage and the excitement and the for, for bodybuilding, yeah, oh, yeah. As it's kind of like you're starting to get pumped up and it's like this sort of thing, right? Versus, I'd say in powerlifting, you kind of you kind of bring your energy up to even to warm up and you're engaged in your focus and it just stays for like three hours straight but you're even though you're on and then you're off for 10 minutes oh, and you're on wow. and this is the way i kind of see it and, yeah. and i like even because you're okay you know, get the energy up to to hit a big lift but then you're like hey headphones back in yeah music's okay. pumping I'm, I'm still trying to keep that energy and that yeah that point right and then but yeah with the the bodybuilding it's kind of like the slow rise until you get to the stage and then it's performance and it's like again you're thirty minutes on stage or Yeah, it? and then it's like and then it's just <laughs> unless you have to come back out or something, yeah. like that, right? Which which can happen. Depending on how shows are structured changes things. Yeah. Okay. So
0: that you said like ten minutes between coming back on the platform with powerlifting. What does a guy do during that ten minutes?
1: Uh no nothing. He, goes, he's, he's, you know, he listens to music and Do you sure, eat anything? Do you drink uh, drinking? Things you sure hydrate and stuff like that. So electrolytes yeah. and uh, maybe some candy and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Just, uh, because uh, you you know you're still burning a little bit of glycogen and stuff like that. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, you just yeah, making sure you're eating a little bit. Hydration is key. Number one, electrolyte sodium, so you're not cramping. Yeah, but that is, yeah, music's back in. Maybe you're uh, you know, you're chalking your hands and your back right, and cool. that just stuff that's uh, uh, making sure that you're ready for the next lift. There. Okay.
0: So. Okay. Cool. So now, so I said that right? WNBF? Yep. Okay. So you're the president of the yep. NBA.
1: So how did that come to be? What did this start? Yeah, so I started competing in 2011. Um, did a couple of different federations before I found the one that I really believed in due to their testing and um the ability to be able to compete worldwide and the international status of their world championships and stuff like that. So once I had found that, uh just a mentor of mine came uh into my life and he uh he was actually the president of the federation at the time. So he um so i was actually training with him for quite a few years but um and then i yeah competed with them seven times got my pro status and such like that and then the promoter that was in the calgary region was you know she'd done a few shows but wasn't for her in the long run and stuff like that so he was like hey do you want to run this show and so i was like absolutely right like i've, I've obtained this status and i want to be able to give back to the sport right and uh so I was like, absolutely so. And again, maybe it's filling a little bit of this entrepreneurial spirit and stuff like that. It's uh, a thirst for it. <laughs> right. So that was kind of my first entrepreneurial, I would say not my first, but my first real entrepreneurial sort of gig there. So show promotion. And then, yeah, then that was in 2013. So our first, uh, my first show there. And then Charlotte came on board the last few years, 2015, 2016. And then um, the original uh, president was moving uh, had moved to Montreal, uh, with his wife and such like that, and he just uh his engagement in the the sport and the industry just uh wasn't the same, right? And shows were starting to suffer. We were actually traveling to judge shows in Seattle and Georgia and all you know over the states just for fun because we wanted to and uh build a community and such like that, and he was gonna give it away or kind of stop the federation it was like we can't let it go into anyone else's hands so yeah. you know what? he offered us and we so we took over the federation in 2017 so so we've grown now from i think three cities to six cities um
0: and which cities would that be
1: uh vancouver Kelowna, uh edmonton and calgary winnipeg and ontario so nice. just outside of toronto yeah yeah so that's uh so we've managed to actually grow the federation and uh and again it was from traveling to all these different shows and from competing at all these different shows you're kind of gaining these experiences of how shows are run uh what awards people are winning what do you want what do i want to see as an athlete right mm. so i'm using all of this experience to kind of change the way our shows are run and uh put it back into the the athletes you know hands and their experience and their How? what sort of value did they get from it and uh that's kind of been our philosophy and kind of we've been able to kind of grow and expand from from then so yeah yeah who better than the someone that had to go through all that 100 percent,
0: right and there's probably so many things that when you were going through like oh, i would have changed this i'd change that so to have that
1: experience yeah that's all on everything from as simple as the registration Mm -hmm. registration forms used to be done on paper oh really (laughs) sent in checks and like all this sort of stuff and then You know, that changed to PayPal and stuff like that, but now everything's just so slick and unique that we can actually focus on the athlete experience itself, right? So systematize and automate and stuff like that, right? So, yeah. yeah. Do you plan on doing this for a while? Yeah, like, I I, I do, right? Like, uh, I I would love to promote, and I'd like to grow the Federation a little bit more. So, Uh, more cities? More cities, yeah. yeah. So this is our first year in Ontario. So now we're, um, I'd like to be on the very East Coast as well. Uh, But we've got a good, good, Good showing in um in Western Canada for sure. So it's now building out the east side and having the right people. We have a lot of pro athletes out there that have competed in the states and they've come across into to, to uh the western side. Uh, so we're having a good team out there to be able to run and promote it. Would you venture into the states? So it's so it, the way the structure is, the 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 main affiliate is US based. Okay, so we're all an affiliate of okay. WNBF, which is. Okay. Yeah. So okay. there's it's over 50 countries. So again, uh, WMBF Philippines, which is where we judge. WMBF UK, Spain, Pakistan, uh, UAE, uh, Brazil, Colombia, Mauritius, which is another place we're going this year. Oh wow. So yeah, it's like it is. It's growing worldwide. Yeah. Um, when uh, during that transition time, 2014, new presidents took over the actual federation. Uh, there was I think seven international affiliates. Now okay. it's fifty. Oh wow. Not even ten years, right? Wow. It's pretty crazy. The Expanded the mass. growth in Asia has been
0: phenomenal. Yeah. Got... Yeah. Well, you go on YouTube, you see all sorts of countries bodybuilding now and that... stuff. So just for those just kids that don't know,
1: WNVF. World Natural Bodybuilding Federation. Yeah. So we're ten year bad substance free polygraph testing and then confirmation with the urinalysis testing. So we do it in both ways. So we can look back in time and at present. So. Yeah, because I was asking Toby and I were
0: talking about that because do you know who uh more plates more dates is? Uh, yeah, YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. and so he was talking one time about how like a lot of guys when they run only the polygraph can actually, you know, get into these natural divisions while they're in hand.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I was asking Toby, I said, has that ever been an experience in you? And he said no. He said it's pretty locked down and that people can't.
1: Wait, I've seen I've seen the way polygraph tests tested. Obviously, I've done Yeah. I'm twelve myself, yeah. right? but i uh i've actually witnessed someone enhanced doing it okay and uh but trying to beat the polygraph right like yeah. they did come in open-minded yeah i want steroids and stuff like that right it's like uh but they were they were using quite a few things computer rolls, uh, okay. and um um there were there, it wasn't like so it wasn't yeah not like straight tests and stuff like that but all yeah. stuff that was you know, know, edge like, and you know, said yeah um, I think prescriptions diuretics was a big one with him as well. And you see the test and it just goes bizarre. Really? And, and <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, uh, we, I mean, we failed. It's a handful. It's not exactly. very many. Not, not many people try and beat it. Um, I know that in other countries, they have more of an issue. Like in North America, it's for the most part... Natural athletes are competing naturally. Yeah, enhanced are competing in the enhanced room, and it's absolutely fine. There's places for all people to compete, and that's not a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't think we. I, I think when people make comments like that, it's they just have no idea. Yeah, really, like mm-hmm. they unless it's unless it's him that's you know said that he's been. I don't know, right? Like it's whatever. Yeah, but I think people are making a lot of false statements for Fair. whatever reason. It's usually just to hate on a. A certain type of people or a, a certain federation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: what, um, so you said you've seen a few people or whatever. Yeah. Do you often, is there often people trying to squeeze in and like what, what makes them think they can, they just think they're
1: going to be at the polygraph they, they or even not... going to be tested? They think it's, <laughs> it's think as a facade, right? Uh, I think you do have some people that just have no idea. Yeah. Like some people had, it's like simple mistakes, like a for example. Yeah. Like it's okay. it's simple, but it's it's a three month ban leading up to competition. Yeah. Okay. Um they just didn't read the list. They they you know they they think, you know, steroids and stuff like that, but perfect. But then they have a coach who doesn't understand the lift. It's like, yeah, it last to what just do your ECA stack or you'll do your, your ephedrine and yeah. caffeine and stuff like that. And uh, Yeah, so it's sometimes it's a bit of naivety. Uh yeah. generally younger people who uh you know, they just maybe they just trust in their coach and stuff like that. So we're on our side, and we're just, tr- just trying to educate everyone, Yeah, put the content out, uh, educate coaches and stuff like that, and the athletes, of course. Um, and then, yeah, some people legitimately just don't think you're going to do it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and then and some people, like, it's like they're seeing a doctor, and that now that's given them the rights to be able to, like, eh, females more in particular, like, you know, taking small doses of testosterone, estrogen, and again, for health reasons, absolutely, I'm like all for it, right? But at the same time, there's a reason why uh, we do our testing the way we do. And again, there's a lot of other platforms for people to to come to to compete on, right? Yeah. yeah. But and usually those people as well, it's like, oh, you're not just taking this, which you admitted to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I found this. Oh, there's a shopping list right there. Yeah. 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 Well, I want two things. I want to
0: say to that is, I actually had a friend uh, quite a few years ago. He had done wind Yep. And this was for firefighting though. Like he didn't do Winstroll for firefighting, yeah. but he had to do a polygraph for firefighting. But the way he was educated on Winstrol is that it was just, it was nothing. It was so minor. It was whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when he went into the polygraph, so obviously subconsciously he felt some way because it got detected exactly. yeah. and they didn't let him in. Not because they don't, well, they don't care about Winstroll. Half of the firefighting right, sounds yeah. something is yeah. the fact that he lied. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then, so then that's why they, they kiboshed and didn't let him in um and then so now one i wanted to answer that what if somebody how does like okay so let's say somebody was born with like a pituitary issue right. a benign tumor or something they don't produce testosterone yeah. so then they have to go on testosterone replacement therapy but it's putting them at n- what would be quote unquote normal physiological levels
1: yeah they ran into that. Isn't yeah, that so it? yeah so i think there's just no exceptions and testosterone yeah. is one of them yeah uh there's some things thyroid medication uh, um for females in particular um there are some some things that can be uh, we go through an exemption process and stuff like that, but there are some big no nos. Yeah, get, yeah, testosterone animal experiments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just like because there's no sort of what is normal, right? There's such a wide range and stuff like that. Even the lower end, I get it and stuff like that. And it's just like it doesn't it it only affects a really small amount of the population as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like yeah, sorry, but you we have to have a hard and fast line, otherwise it's like you start getting into this murky water right it's like oh i decided to let this guy in and then it's like exactly, oh, yeah. but he was only on 100 but i'm gonna take 200 or whatever right like it's like you know yeah. it's just like oh okay and then it's like where does it end and then you just yeah yeah then you just lose the, your 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 values and stuff yeah. like that right so yeah. yeah for the most part it is pretty pretty hard uh but there are some some definite uh, exemptions adhd medication is coming up a lot yeah now uh why i making posts on ADHD? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's like, but it, you know, are people actually being diagnosed with it and they're actually being uh, given it? So we definitely need doctors signed off on it and something. Yeah. Like that. They are tested on Are you taking this to enhance your performance? Yeah, I can. You can take exactly. enough dose. Are you taking more than what is prescribed in the doctors and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of where a lot of our questioning is going now. Okay. Is actually getting real specific on the... Uh, that's smart, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Vivid uh, is the more popular one of like The one? Advanced, yeah. Yeah, Advanced, yeah. But even, like, things like uh, Zempic and stuff like that, where Chanel more and more people are taking for that last one, it's... You just don't understand.
0: Totally, right? I don't, don't understand. understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zempic conversation drives me insane. It drives me insane. But, yeah, no, I got even because, like, like, so when I was younger and I had done, like, Dexedrine. Well, I tried them all. I like did Adderall, Dexedrine, yeah. Ritalin. I don't think Vyvanse was
1: out at the time. No, it's moist. More... Yeah. It's more... But, like, yeah, you get hyped up. Like, Yeah, we did it. I know, it was at university and stuff yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: So I could, great. yeah. And, like, well, <laughs> dopamine but you look at it as your healthy metabolism. So these people are spiking their dopamine. So they're not only, yes, you're moving, you're more motivated, but the the physiology is actually increasing the caloric expenditure as well. With that dopamine response, you're using less cortisol yep. until it wears off and you get that rebound and, right. you know, your dopamine actually gets less. I just had a conversation last night with someone. Cause she's like, Vivance doesn't do anything for me anymore. And I said, cause your brain down-regulates and you build more calm T, which is the enzyme to break down dopamine it's reacting to that vivans this absolutely. is why like if you get a doctor's prescribed you should probably stick within that doctor's prescribed or whether that's going to happen yeah, absolutely. so yeah. I could see yeah. yeah I could see people using that for like a cutting edge or whatever so but I was going to say too like when you're talking about like the testosterone and you said like the one guy 100 200 milligrams because I'm seeing now that doctors are prescribing. 200 milligrams for testosterone replacement right, yeah, yeah. therapy and then they're coming back 1400 nanograms per deciliter and the astradiols in the red and everything and it's like i don't
1: understand why they're prescribing such high dosages now i have no idea and it's, it's just... a whole area of the sport that i'm again i educated enough just to understand how to yeah. look at it and see it and stuff like that and especially within our our streams but yeah i'm not going down the rabbit hole too <laughs> too far <laughs> yeah I was, right? well so,
0: i always yeah. tell people too like when you look at natural individuals they come in much more conditioned <laughs> sure. enhance yep. this size because yep. that's what we, that's what people that's what the population wants to see we want to see big ram we have 300 yeah. Yeah. pounds of pure muscle right or ronnie coleman at negative three body fat <laughs> <laughs> right? percent like we want to see that but like the conditioning yeah okay they're running you know diuretics and and everything else yeah, yeah. but a natural individual done right like the conditioning is just. Totally you can't compare.
1: Uh, it's, like, it's a whole different look for sure. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. This. though and again, I'm assuming it's some uh, some water retention for the most part, maybe yeah. on some of the drugs and, uh, I think like, inflammation like, and inflammation. Like, yeah, you like, know. Yeah. So, um, but they do. They and for, so for anyone to say that natural athletes don't work, yeah, it's, it's hard either, right? And, and vice versa, you can't even say that people who are enhanced work any less, less It's just, it's just like everyone works equally hard. It's just. Yeah. You know, it's just a choice that people are making, which is fine. Yeah. But again, don't, don't hate on other people for their choices. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Like I say, like, when it comes to weight gain, natural has to work harder. Oh, sure. When yeah. it comes to, like, like the physique yep. and peaking, enhanced has to work harder because they're fighting all the bad stuff. They're fighting yeah. the inflammation and the water retention where you can come in there, be nice and chilled, calm, cool, and collective. Just do your thing. And you're going to get, you know, those results that you're looking for where they enhance They're Like, ooh, you're looking water today. Let's up this. Let's up that, you know. Or, you know, instead of, like, doing something, you know, like, you know, go for a walk in the mountains. It's like, well, let's just add more animal. Let's just add more animal. <laughs> this and that. And yeah. Because so, <laughs> it yeah. does work. Like, do you know what Shelby Starnes is? No. Oh, look. Like, yeah. you know, and so he's got a lot of deaths under his belt because he gets these women that are just the freakiest yeah. looking women. Not the Atlas guy, hey?
1: No, at least, no 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 he's just, just bald true. or whatever and... there's a yeah big thing right now with uh team atlas and uh don't want to throw anyone under the bus or anything like that but same thing a lot of yeah. lot of deaths little things in, in the industry and it's it's scary that is scary but yeah
0: you... well he was he was inter or uh they were interviewing the woman that one woman that worked with him and two things she was on 400 mcg of t3 yeah was what she was on yeah. and like who and whatever else i just remember that really sticking out because yeah. holy crap <laughs> And then what happened was on, She was on so many diuretics. She collapsed on stage, mm-hmm. and they pulled her back. And they were going to give her some fluids, and she was texting him. And he's. She's like, "I'm going to drink some Gator." He's like, "No fluids." <laughs> that's what he said to her. She's dying
1: on the floor, literally, yeah. <laughs> you, were all, you were in hot fame,
0: Exactly, right. But oh, they do look freaky, and that's the problem, yeah. though, because you like these competitors. They see the fame that comes with this, and they're just like i want to look like that and so they're willing to do whatever it takes because i always i always bring this up there was that poll don't quote me perfectly on it but it was something like if you did drugs to make you a world champion the greatest in the world but you were going to die in five
1: years would you still do it an alarmingly high percentage said yes it was uh, yeah i know this 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 yeah. and it's like you had a fifty percent chance of uh dying. Throwing ninety percent or something. It was like, yeah, and especially at that, that level, I think it was Olympic athletes, right? It was yeah. I, mean, I I think it was that maybe it was a, a competitive nature. Up-
0: yeah, right. yeah. So with the WNBF, what would you say are some of the biggest things you've changed about it? I
1: think you've taken over. Oh, well, we we've changed the structure of the shows. We've really gone away from the whole prejudging and finals. Because as an athlete, it's so exhausting, right? You're you you you're first on stage at eight AM. And then you're done at Sage at 10 p.m. It's just like it's a long day, but it's like you're only on twice, you know, for a good amount of time each. But it's just a, you're in between the show, you're just chilling in your hotel room. Maybe you've got friends and family coming to watch. It's, uh, you know, they're they're exhausted by the end of it, and no one wants to go on afterwards. Everyone's crabby and stuff like that. But anyway, we've um we moved to a live judging format. So we we go through the classes. Uh, so we will take bodybuilding for example. You know, maybe it's two, three hours where all the bodybuilding classes are on, and then all the finals routines and awards are done. But all the bodybuilders are then done, so they can go out, they can watch the show, they can go out and eat, they can do whatever, right? Then we go into you know physique, figure, whatever it's bikini, whatever the sort of the fed, uh, the classes are. So that was that would be the biggest sort of athlete experience change, I would say. Yep. Um, you know we've 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 brought in like swords and sashes and crowns and stuff like that for like the winners because it's something really cool there. yeah you know like you have a sword in your wall and it's like yeah that was my hard win and stuff like that so we've done some things like that uh i think those would probably be the the sort of the biggest two um sort of changes um within the show themselves as a, as a, the way we structured the business as well, we actually sort of have always like these mini franchises, uh, per city. So now the promoters run their own little business as opposed to before we used to head it all yeah. and the promoters used to take a little cut, but now it kind of, uh, we just had an issue in, in one city where we lost a lot of money anyway. So we were like, you know what, we can't really risk that any, anymore. more. Uh, so, but at the same time, then it makes the promoters work harder yeah okay i guess shows have mm-hmm. have a have a better show have a better experience more athletes etc yeah so they and then they just pay a little franchise fee where we okay. we help them out social media we have all the systems in place so it's plug and play on their behalf and then they can just promote it they can find the venues and Perfect. such like that so that would be from a structural that's uh that would be a major change as well yeah okay now are these are these shows just one day or are they the whole weekend? It's one day typically. We we have a pro am which we we're running over two days in Calgary just because it is our biggest show. Okay. So we will do amateur on the Saturday, pro on the Sunday. No one's coming up, right? Uh, It'll, again, not. Yeah. There's a little correct. bit this year, um. But yeah, typically one day. Um, the the polygraphing because it does take a long time to polygraph a set of athletes. They they start a week before. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, that's like a third party company kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do all our shows, so it's very consistent. Nice. So like there. Uh, and then um, tanning all that stuff is done the day prior uh athlete check-ins and stuff like that so it is a it is a a bit of a lead up to the single day event but there are things that obviously go on and uh, and such like that so yeah and then yeah we have we generally like to partner with a lot of the same teams so our tanning team they go yeah to most of our shows they come to our world championships to our team as well nice uh hair and makeup yeah you know then we like to outsource to the local companies and stuff like that uh hair and makeup in particular suit designers and stuff yeah Yeah. okay yeah so do you you coach a lot of the athletes going into these not very many like i have my handful yeah i don't ever advertise any of my coaching services i i've removed my intake form from that from the website uh i know that i probably could and and should uh and have a little team under me that maybe take that but i i uh i only coach people that i really feel like i really want to work with and so most of the time it's uh first time competitors Mm. uh and i want to make sure that they are doing it as healthy as possible and have the best experience as possible even if they don't come in a hundred percent their best i would prefer to be 95 percent and have them a good experience and a good showing and then have them want to do it again Mm. And, and at the same time as a coach i'm learning their body and their physique and how they're responding and such like that so that if we were to do it again, I also know their personality as well. Where I'm like, okay, we can actually push harder here, yeah. Rather than pushing harder at the very beginning and then then burning out and not even making it. Scaring them off, totally, right? And then they have a bad taste in the mouth about either the sport or the federation or me as a coach, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's my general philosophy, and uh, so I do coach, but it's a handful, is. Five athletes yeah okay. time sort of thing so yeah anyone any coaching any of this upcoming one uh, i got a couple competing yeah, yeah a couple of yeah. uh, i get all first timers uh i believe um i think i have one athlete who's she's competed at a few world championships she's uh i i also took her up through the canadian bodybuilding federation as a natural athlete as well and she did got all the way to nationals and stuff like that so and she's been coaching with me since uh for 10 years now so awesome but other than that like that's a bit uh normally so yeah yeah yeah, it's funny when you say like the bad
0: taste of their mouth. Cause as mentioned, I get into like a lot of functional issues yeah. and everything, which there's a lot of learning behind that. There's a lot of like, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. So like when you have these long-term clients, it's like you've tried like 17 different protocols. So when you finally gain the knowledge and the ability for the what, okay, this is what's actually going to heal you. They're just so exhausted at that point point, sick of everything. It's so hard to be like, look, just trust me one more time, <laughs> you know, cause like the science is advancing all the time so then you know like because i deal with a lot of bacteria so you learn about biofilms and you learn about lyme and mycotoxins and all these things and it's
1: like well you said this was going to work before I'm like well i thought it was (laughs) so here we are it is it is a trial and experiment right but as long as you're going in with the right intentions to Mm -hmm. um you know again create a healthier person make a change etc etc um then that's all you can do, right? And then you're learning from your experience so that you try something different the next time or whatever, right? Or you're recognizing. So the more and more clients you work with, you're just recognizing situations more quickly. So then yeah. you can narrow it down a little bit quicker, right? So yeah. I and I, I love the wording that you just used trial and experiment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's
0: not error, no. right? Because like you got to learn from these things. It's only an error if you don't learn from it, right? So that's a good, I like that. It's a good choice of wording. <laughs> so, okay. So we got the WMD app. And you're
1: not because you don't. I don't see really personal train anymore, do you? I still have my again. It's usually the same clients that we've been working with. Yeah, for quite a while. I I rarely take on a new client. Um Are you doing the classes still? No. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know What I am. I am, and it's the same four to five ladies. And, Is that at uh, the uh, private gym well, or? I said the main gym. It's just in the evenings. Oh, okay. And yeah. I have to yeah. think it's unusual. Yeah. But again, it's it's all of my clients have been with me for. You know, yeah. five plus years typically and it's it's more of a relationship now, right? It's uh you know, you're still helping them out, giving value. You know that half the time they're not gonna be doing it without you, right? So yeah. Um but outside of that I'm rarely taking on new clients. Again, that's why anyone who comes in, I'm usually uh pairing them up with uh a trainer that would be a better fit. Mm-hmm. right because there's uh there's a good amount of experience at Kings, everyone has different backgrounds and, and personality types So I'm just yeah. like, you know what, I feel like this person will be a good fit for you and then they can take them on as a client if, if it is a good fit or it's, you know, if the their client still wants to go ahead. So, you know, yeah. when people reach out, it's yeah. not always uh, 100% committed until- Yeah.
0: Well, and I think too, like, um, because you look at someone like, you know, you recommended Chad and Brian to me, which I'm super like, amazing. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love working with yeah. They're wonderful, wonderful people, right? Um, But then you have somebody like, you know, you look at Matthew and you have a, probably a select group that's like, look at this guy. Like, I want to work with him. But then you also have that select group but it's like i don't want to go near him and i had that experience when i was at good life because i was trying to be really big at good life yes, yes like size wise and there was a woman she had like diabetes liver cirrhosis all these issues and the fitness matters like no trust me you have to work with him and she saw him and she's like no nope. <laughs> like, i'm not working with that now luckily i had the opportunity to talk to her and that completely changed when we became great friends right but it's like yeah so it's good to have like i like that you're you know being selective of it because you know it's good to see like. Okay, this person might
1: do good with this, but they might be intimidated and stuff. Well, you bring up Matt's a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had an issue as well. Like uh, I don't know if you know Sean. He's a uh, blonde. Uh, he's a very pretty boy. He's very good. works on Wednesdays. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So anyway, but he, uh, which which is great in the end. He's got a he's got a clientele that would be perfect for him. But some people see him and he's like. Uh- uh, or see his website and stuff like that. It's like, nope, I, I can't really like that sort of thing. And it's like, no, but you, you know, yeah. And like, if you were, she had the ability to actually talk with someone and, and stuff like that, generally it's, it's different, it's yeah. different for sure. So yeah. then people do come in with a bit of a, uh, uh a, a face or a, a barrier in front of them. To yeah. You know, so. and, and
0: rightfully yeah, so. Totally. And it's like, cause like I'm trying to really build my social media right now. Yep. And like, I've had conversations cause it's a lot harder than I expected, you know, cause there's actually like a science to it practically with algorithm and whatnot. Yeah. But like, so I'll be like, kind of like, I'll be honest, like venting to people. I'm just like, oh man. And they'll be like, well, what you do? Like the, you know, cause sex sells like, sure. I was like, I don't want to do that because sure. I might get this client, not nothing against right. this client, yeah. but. John with stage four prostate cancer is not going to work with a bald tattooed shirtless guy. Right. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's actually where I've like, i hot about like, should I try regrowing my hair and everything? Cause I don't know if this look takes away from right. the niche that I'm trying to attract. And so like, if that's what you want to do, you know, like Matthew, oh, I shouldn't be speaking for him, but it seems like he wants to work with like-minded individuals, you know, bodybuilders and power lifters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great niche for him. He's going to really get that in. Right. And like yourself working with competitors, of course you are a competitor, right? So that's a great niche for you. And so it's like that fine line when you're in this, because then someone such as myself deals with like body dysmorphia. So you realize, okay, well, what's making you still want to be bigger, even though that's not what's going to get these clients. For sure. You know, and it maybe it doesn't help that I'm surrounded by really strong bodybuilders and powerlifters every time I go to the gym. That's a great choice, right? Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, like yeah. you go in there and like you said, because you said you squat how much? Sorry, five. 525. 525. Yeah. And then you see like uh, his name's Calvin, the big guy. Brian? Yeah. Brian or is it Brian? perhaps like
1: uh, his Instagram? Yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That's something of, like how much does he squat? uh i mean raw he's i think it's a seven plus hundred starter, Yeah, oh, but i mean go in there. He quits, he's got 800 I know. on his back
0: right? like you go in there and well all of them even like jake and and i don't know a lot of the powerlifters because i'm usually like in my own little world yeah. when i'm there but not that I, I I hope people understand that i don't mean to be standoff i thought a lot of people think I was no i just kind of like in my own world yeah, yeah and i also believe too like hey, when i'm exercising i don't really want people to bother me you know, and like, like sometimes I'll get carried away with talking to Matthew, and he'll be like, "Shut up, yeah. <laughs> like leave me alone." Yeah. Right? And so, so I don't. I haven't conversed with many of them, but you look over there, and it's just like, wow, like yeah. just the weight that these people are lifting. you well, I mean, females that are
1: 120 pounds that are squatting 300 pounds. I know, and I'm it, lucky to do it, like plates <laughs> anyway as well. Like, so I think yeah, it's not. So it's it, it, it can be very intimidating, yeah. it, it, but
0: I think. If you look at it from both spectrums, it can either be very intimidating or it can be hella
1: motivating. Totally. And it's just a person who's coming in with that mindset, right? And, right. And if they're coming in a little bit more open-minded, like, wow, that is really cool. And even being open-minded. Yeah. It's like, uh, and they know they're never going to do what they're doing. You know? Yeah. It's like, and they're like, oh, well, maybe I could actually put a bar on my back right. and then do something. Well, that's Sydney. Like that. That's exactly what, what Sydney said. said. Yeah. And
0: like we were talking about that. Cause the thing good, like I obviously are the only powerlifting community I know is King. Yeah. So I don't, can't compare to the other, but Sydney kind of said it was like this, like after someone does one of those lifts, you know, yeah. Brian doing 800 pounds, everybody is like amped up congratulatory, you know, proud of this individual. And it's a yeah. good energy where you know, some people, you know, especially bodybuilders, you know, it's it doesn't even get that same energy. Totally, you're you're always trying to put people down and yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think because bodybuilding is like a lot more damaging to the brain for some people. I think <laughs> yeah. so yeah. that a lot of like negativity is stemmed. Like I've been down that road. Like I heavily abused drugs uh due to some psychological issues and whatnot, and I was just like absolutely well, most likely let. Well, I mean, I was born with health issues, but they obviously exacerbated yeah. them. and they're in this very poor victim negative mentality and you really end up pushing people away but like i i think i mentioned this to sydney i was like when you if you're somebody who can squat 800 pounds or even
1: 525 yeah. like that's got to feel good oh that's yeah, like that it's an accomplishment yeah behind you right like you feel like you can take on the world at that point so right?
0: <laughs> like for me in my own experience like going through like even if it's a great Let's just keep it simple, say bodybuilding style workout. You come out of it and you feel good. You got a good pump at everything. But lifting over five hundred pounds, like I feel like that would be a much better
1: feeling. It's it's just it is. It I think it's again, it's kind of back to that objective. You like you can see that you've done a certain amount or it's like, you know, like, I hit four oh five for five reps or whatever. Like it a very like it is. It's like, yeah, that is cool, right? So yeah. as opposed to yeah, you know what, I'm gonna wear a great bicep pump and you know, and uh, and that so
0: well then i also talk about the ego too like you, you would think lifting that much weight would produce like this ego from somebody but it doesn't yeah. it yeah. doesn't like these people are all extremely chill people it almost humbles and, you yeah or appropriately i would say
1: because yeah. you understand and everyone's in a different path of their journey but again you can't compare uh you know absolutely sydney squat with a brian squat mm-hmm. but relatively you can mm-hmm. it's like yeah sydney squats 300 pounds and mm-hmm. brian squatting 800 pounds that's about the same right for yep. her age group and and sex class and everything else it's uh they're just as impressive right mm-hmm. um which is why and I think the powerlifters they're really good at understanding that and again mm-hmm. they're really supportive of yeah again just being a better person right being yeah. a stronger athlete just trying to improve that sort of idea yeah. right so yeah yeah well like what Sydney said when
0: she had uh hit a lift or won nationals or something like that she said she like cry. she said it was a cry yeah she,
1: yeah. Was just, she like, said a PR on the platform
0: yeah. yeah. And like set the national record yes. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and she said, it was just so overwhelming that she ended up crying rather than like, where she's like, "Hoorah, look at me kind of thing. It was just like this total like overwhelming sensation of emotion because she had accomplished this. And I'm like, yeah, like I could see that. Like I could, I had I, I never experienced it, but like, I could see that being an emotional thing rather than a look at me, like I'm a peacock. Go, go, <laughs> and, exactly. exactly right. Like, yeah. So with all of this, like everything yeah. that you involved, what's it like with being a father?
1: Uh, it changes things again, right? Yeah. Like, uh, But I think the reason why I do things now is different. There was a little bit of, yeah, again, a ego. Like, I want to do it, et cetera, et cetera. But now it's like, now I want to show, I want to set an example, mm-hmm. right? So whether it's business, whether it's health and fitness, whether it's just relationships with people, travel as well getting experiences we want to have them involved with every edit be a good example good role models good good mentors for for them so again they're seeing us they're uh, they're in the environment they're you know they're in the audience watching me me compete and stuff like that right and uh so hopefully again I'm just trying to create good humans uh, and yeah. in the long run but again I think your the reason why you do things do start to start to change right um but saying that time is usually the limiting factor now Because again yeah. The time you want to spend The, the most amount of quality time With, with the kids When they're, yeah. they're engaged And stuff like that So again Now you're not You're not getting home And crushing an hour of emails Or you need to work on this project And stuff like that So you start to really prioritize Things as well It's like hey I need to get this done today Yeah, yeah. So If I get this done today Everything else is fine No matter what and anything else is just a bonus Sort of thing right But as long as I'm Sort of yeah Being able to spend time With, with my kids And Because uh, uh, you know things are still going to go. So the world's still going to be spinning tomorrow sort of thing, right? So I can just do it. So it does change your perspective of things. But, yeah, it's more about, yeah, time management and balancing and stuff like that, saying probably no to more things now than Mm -hmm. ever in the past, right? And I think, you know, there's different cycles in your life, whether it's business, sports, uh, where you're just saying, you have to say yes to everything, right, to gain the relationships, the experiences and stuff like that. Mm But there's a point now where you just can't do it anymore, right? Yeah, I've well, become well established too. It's, so yeah, if, over yeah. time and stuff like that, right? So having a place and and such like that. So yeah, I think uh, obviously, yeah, biggest biggest change has probably been in the last few years, and uh, and that's also why I don't ever take on new clients and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well. I'm like, you know, I've got my really good core group of, of clients that I really enjoy to train, and they they generally make my day better mm-hmm. just my speaking to them and seeing them and stuff like that. Um, so again, it's yeah, creating this life that I. Want to live and again be an example, a role model, role model to to those guys. Right? So, yeah, because yeah. because Carter's
0: three and a half said yeah. and then uh Medicine's eighteen, is the, 18 so. months. Yeah, because Carter's at that very
1: impressionable age then too. Oh yeah, he's he's picking up words and he's yeah. uh he's really learning fast. So yeah, yeah. And that was a, that was a, obviously the big time in his life when mm-hmm. we can kind of hopefully mold that a little yeah. bit. And yeah, yeah. So, so do you plan on having any more? That uh, two is done. Yeah, <laughs> two <laughs> two and done. Two and <laughs> done. Yeah. Yeah, so what is your vision for them? I, I mean, I just want to set them. I, I want them to have the opportunity that I never had, uh, in a way. Uh, I mean, I obviously had great opportunities and stuff like that, but I want to give them the experiences uh, that I would have loved to had growing up mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, and then let them choose where they want to go, right? I mean, I'm a competitive person. I enjoy sports and stuff like that. Heck, if they want to do piano and they want to do it their very best or whatever or they want to create something out of it absolutely fine right as long as they to yeah. be some sort of physical activity and stuff like that yeah uh is 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 good but again giving them the opportunity to be able to do what they want to do and set them up for success and yeah uh that's kind of
0: how i want to kind of that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, the world that we're in, we need more of that, big <laughs> time. Yeah, so. yeah. Parents putting in and like, because a lot of times, like, I talk to people, and it's like they're just so overwhelmed. And so, like it's, ama- like, it's amazing what you can do. Everything that you do in a day, you know, when you're still able to put your best foot forward to create this impression for your children. And that's really nice to hear. It's really refreshing. So, so yeah. Like, speaking of that time, like, I don't want to take out too much time because I know you have so much going on. So, I, I greatly freaking appreciate you coming on. I. I you know,
1: I'm glad you're able to make the time for me. It's super appreciative. Oh, well, I appreciate Just you. Me. Obviously, uh invited me. This is a really cool studio. I've <laughs> done a lot of podcasts in the in the past, but they've always been over a monitor. Yeah. This is a really cool open environment that you, you have going on here. So yeah. You know, keep keep uh keep changing the world for sure. And yeah, keep really putting normal. out contact content and uh mm-hmm. Uh, no, obviously wishing you all the best with everything in the, your future and shit Leo. Uh stay around Kings for as long as you can. <laughs> yeah, I will you do. <laughs> around and your clients
0: yeah. and that. No, there's no better place. There's yeah. no better place. And like I said, every time somebody asks me what gym should I go to, I'm like, you gotta go to Kings. You gotta go to Kings. So thank you so much again, Leo. Okay, it was wonderful chatting to you. And like if time ever comes up again, we should do another one because there's oh, lots there to talk nice about. Nice. So Appreciate thanks so much, Leo. Yeah. Take care, everybody. All right i